looking to reduce your energy bills, Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps, we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation. Available until 30th September 2023. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! And this is Paul Cooney. 0808 17 17 700 this evening in the company of Leanne Crichton, Scotland International 72 caps and also Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, former Sheffield United, Hibs, St Mirren. Why did I start these, Stephen, then I run out of clubs you've had so many? Rangers through to a cup semi-final, so too are Hibs, so too Aberdeen and of course Hearts the other evening. Leanne, there's been so much criticism of Rangers. We're going to hear from Michael Beale. But his point is four games, four wins and no goals lost in the last two weeks. Yeah, I think that's the huge positive certainly for Michael Beale. And when you go through a sticky patch as a manager, as a coach, as a player, the most important thing is that you navigate your way through that. And if you've been judged in performances, that's okay. <laughs> the worst part of that is if you've been judged in results, which makes it a much tougher gig to get through. Um, the reality is, as you say, Paul, they're winning games. Michael Beale is clearly pleased with that and it gives him an opportunity to to continue to work on what he feels is the strengths and qualities of his Rangers side. If you hadn't seen them though, Stephen, you'd want to know what is going on, why are they so unhappy, the fans, and so many of them? Are are they happier now after 4-0 against Livy? Yeah, well, following on from the Celtic game, obviously you look at the initial, especially the domestic ones, and you think it's a favourable run of fixtures, St Johnson away, Motherwell at home, Livingston at home in the Cup. Obviously a brilliant win against Betis, uh, Sammy's down there, but when you factor in the injuries... Um, winning those four games to nil is a brilliant run but I think when you, I think it is when you watch the games it's so unconvincing um, you feel as if some of the performances especially the domestic ones have been potential um, defeats or draws in, in, in terms of the way the game's gone but it's really hard to criticise when he has come out that Celtic game with as you say four games to, to nil and coping with some of the injuries he's had to cope with if you're at the game give us a call 0808 17 17 700 this is Michael Beale after last night's win well, the thing is when you ask teams to play three games in seven days and then you ask them to play four in ten the entertainment and the energy value is going to go down the risk of players getting injured not just for Rangers in any league in any country that's it so I think for us to just keep winning at this moment in time look at the list of players that are out they're the players that bring the guile and and bring the style to the team. I thought tonight, first half, Sam Lammers played well. I thought Abdullah was eye-catching. That's his fifth goal, fourth and fifth goal in probably seven or eight starts. He's scored in some important games so far. So, well done to him. If you saw the highlights, uh, and if you didn't, have a look at Yilmaz's goal. Ridvan, it was... Uh, could you describe it? Well, it was very good, yeah. yeah. He nicks the ball and, and drives um, inside his own half over the halfway line. Just commits players, which you love to see. And as a full-back, he's come in the pitch. I think he, he then starts to see that things open up in front of him and he continues to go. And I love the fact that there probably was a pass on or he could have looked to lend it, um, gets himself to the edge of the box. And it's just that left-footed finish, low and hard beyond the keeper, which I think it, for the player that he is, the run that he's had in the Rangers' side, his head must be boggled in terms of where he stands as a Rangers player. Because <laughs> Is that a word? He's a, <laughs> let's Google it. Uh, he's in the team, he's out of the team, he's not in 
the European squad. He starts games. He's on the bench. Um, he's had injuries, and he's a young player as well. So uh, it's one of those performances in a goal like that. I know he's a fullback, and he won't be judged on goals. But I certainly think when you contribute and you clearly contribute to the team, it can be a turning point for you. I'm no Pep Guardiola, but if you're David Martindale, Stephen, you're not saying there's nobody going to put in a tackle. No, I think that's the frustration comes from the first goal as well because it's a type of goal that never happens against Celtic Rangers when when the game's no no because you've got that many bodies behind the, the the ball that you're very compact and it's very hard for a fullback to do that. But it, it reminded me of when you when Rangers or Celtic sign a player, anyone signs a player and you go onto YouTube and you watch their, their best bits. That was a lot of his best moments in, in yeah. the YouTube was he would do that, he'd pick the ball up in his own half and just commit players and keep going and it's a hell of a finish. Um, almost a bit of the way Ronaldinho toe-poked it all those yeah, years ago against true. Chelsea because yeah. it was quite a unique way he struck the ball and, and a, a bit of a statement goal, for, I think, for, for Red Van because Borna Barisic for the last year or two has come under so much criticism. There's always so much heat. I think David Martindale referenced the, the, the pressure on him, the noise around Barisic pre-game. So um, there is a jersey there for Red Van. Let's go on the lines. Uh, we'll hear from Brendan Rogers shortly and we'll also speak about St Mirren who were up twice last night but they were beaten by Hibs and of course Aberdeen winning against Ross County again. But let's go on the lines. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. We're going to New Mains and Martin is on the line. A Rangers fan. Good evening, Martin. Good evening, guys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good, good thanks. How are you feeling about things? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, I've just... I've been listening over... Probably the last four weeks about the negativity towards Michael Beale mm-hmm. and his tactics and his players. First of all, he, he was given a lot of support in the transfer window. Mm-hmm. They brought a lot of players in. And to bring whatever nine players or whatever amount it was you brought in, that's going to take time to spread to the ship. But I would like to just remind uh, fans of Rangers... When Steven Gerrard left to go to Aston Villa, he was seven points clear at the top of the league and he was getting a lot, a lot of flack because the standard of football then, Rangers fans were saying was terrible. But Giovanni came in and flung that away. Mm-hmm. So, some, I think it's maybe a bit harsh. If, if they had been lost against Celtic, I think things would have been different. But there's a long, long season ahead. And those players, I think, will find their feet. Some good points there, Leanne. What would you say? No, some good points, definitely, from, from Martin. Um, I think it's difficult as well to compare the, the Gerrard era to the Van Bronckhorst and now the Michael Beale era because I think even the pressure that Steven Gerrard operated under as a Rangers manager, his remit was to stop 10 in a row. He was given more time to do that based on the name that he had in the game. And I think even Rangers then are not the Rangers that they are now. I don't think Steven Gerrard got the same level of investment that Michael Beale has been offered just now. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't recall it. Um, Van Bronckhorst coming in with a seven-point deficit. You could argue I think a lot of that was down to Celtic in the form that they then produced because I don't think they started the season well and, and Rangers probably found themselves with that seven-point advantage through default and the fact that Celtic were so poor. Celtic went on to an unbelievable run that year under Ange Postecoglou. So as much as we, you could probably point the finger at Van Bronckhorst, I think there was positive signs. He went on to a European final, which was incredible. I just think, Michael, but I, you know, I'm watching the Rangers games as a pundit. I'm listening to supporters that are at the games. 
there's a lot of supporters that are, are genuinely describing this as, as the worst period in football that they've seen from Rangers in a long, long time. There's not enough positive signs in terms of performances, both individually and collectively. We've spoken about the results being the kind of putting your all your eggs in the one basket just now for Michael Beale that he's turned a corner coming out the back of the old firm. He spent an awful lot of money. Yeah. And I don't think as a Rangers manager, when you spend money, you can account for too many players needing much more time to adjust and settle in than what his players have been offered. I think there's you know, at least fifty percent of those nine signings have got to come in and hit the ground running. For me looking at it, there's only been one, and that's been Jack Butland. And that's big, big issue, isn't it? You know, out of nine signings, eleven in total. Martin coming back to you in a second, I'm gonna ask Stephen as well. Let's hear a bit more from the manager today though. I think explaining about why it's taking time with some of them. The biggest issue we've had is all the players who knew the way we played in the final third moved on and loads of new guys come in and had to find their feet and their relationships. We played tonight exactly the same as, as, as we went back to, really. The 4-3-2-1 and just asked at times for him to play a little bit wider, depending on the triangle. It's how he's always played. But losing, coming back this season without Morelos, Cholak, Sakala, Arfield, Hadji, uh, Chilman, Campwell's not playing tonight, Lawrence is not playing Ryan Kent, these players had the relationships and so we're building new ones. And I thought the front three tonight, or certainly Sam and um, Abdullah, I thought they did their roles ever so well. So I'm pleased for both of them. Stephen, what do you think of those comments? I just, probably what I've, what I've said all season, you don't get time here. Um, I think Ange Postacoglu referenced it. I think it's not like Rangers have went and got a manager from elsewhere that's never been here before. Michael Beale knew that the season they won the league, they had to be pitch perfect. I think they hardly lost a game. That's the way, to win this league up here, you have to be like that. And it was part of the recruitment. Obviously, Ange Postecoglou built a new team and the initial like, three defeats in six games, but after that, they hardly lost a game. Michael Beale, yes, he, the summer window needed to happen. There was players that needed to be moved on. I think Ryan Kent, Morelos, all big players for Rangers. But I think if you see the way their seasons have gone so far, it was the right time for them to go. But there has been such a drop-off in that attacking area and he's saying give us time but you're already four points behind Celtic um, Celtic have been to Ibrox they've been to Pataudry they've been to Livingston which is notoriously a difficult place and the Rangers fans as Leanne says all the only crumb of comfort is the past four results that's it they're not thinking these performances are building something we're getting there some of these players look a bit short in the Rangers jersey but those are big results to beat Real Betis I think we'd all agree. So it's a brilliant yeah, one, that yeah. one. And they're in a cup semi-final. And sometimes a bit of luck comes into it. And it sounds to me, Martin, as though the manager's saying, look, give us a bit of time here. Although some of the players have gone, he wanted them to go. I mean, Cholak, I don't know if he wanted them to go, but Cholak, you might have thought, would have been here this season. But I also don't think, Paul, you can compare, and listen to Michael Beale speak there, he's speaking about guys like Ryan Kent that yeah. left. Rangers had a poor season last year. That's right. yeah. So is that, the, is that Michael Beale's marker that he's looking at those guys that didn't deliver last season as being the benchmark? Sure. Ryan because Kent that should, wasn't good enough. Of course. Ryan Kent, Kent should have gone at least a year before. Exactly, and statistically, but, Ryan Kent's numbers didn't add up, and, and everybody knew that. Um, and then financially, as a business model, it's a disaster, the fact that he left the club without any fee. Yeah, and you're pretty sure everyone within the walls at Rangers knew Ryan Kent was leaving. So that's, you could have prepared for the new Ryan Kent in the January. You had the, the, the end of the season to prepare for, right... We need these guys to hit the ground running. So we need to identify someone that's equally as good or better than Ryan Kent. 
and he's went out and he, he brought players in early but you're, you're looking at some of these guys and you're thinking are they even as good as guys like Sakala who was a, an excellent mm-hmm. bit parts sub player for almost for Rangers but are these guys even as good as that Martin what about Sakala and Cholak what do you feel the, the only mistake I feel that was made by Rangers whether it was the board or Michael Beale I'll never know I think Cholak was the only mistake um, that would have been fantastic to keep him um, I'm not sold on deathers, um, but Michael Bale, it, it, to keep that Rangers team going and to have a real shot at being there for the long term, I think he needs to buy himself some time by winning the League Cup and doing well in the Europa League. Yep, so I think everyone would agree with you, actually. Reading the papers today... They're saying, um, you know, if he gets to the cup final, and, and I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. he's won the last four games, hasn't lost a, a goal. They've beaten Real Betis, but the Rangers fans, they just don't see a big enough improvement. But Martin's saying, give them time. I think, that, well, I don't know if time's the right word for me, because I probably said that a couple of weeks ago when I was on the show. Paul Michael Beale's not a new Rangers manager. No. He's been in the door since November last year. He was at the club for three seasons prior to his stint uh, down south and coming back again. And a lot of those players that are in his side just now are the same group that were there and core group that were there under Stephen Gerrard. So he gets it. Um, he's speaking about time and, and looking to you know get players understanding the system and whatnot. I think that's the reality being a, a top-end manager. And Stephen says you don't really get time, not, <laughs> not in the west of Scotland sure. anyway. Yeah. Um, having said that, if he delivers a trophy before the turn of the year it probably will appease some of the fans and it will take the pressure off the fact that it's not a trophyless season and it will give them a bit of confidence getting into the new year bit more from the manager Martin before you go this is what he said about the about the team after the 4-0 win last night yeah I was pleased enough you know the, the triangles on the side worked well I thought at times Sifu went high and let Sam stay wider other times James went high and he came inside uh, you saw when Dujon came on that James were looking at maybe at times going up a line as well and he gets a good assist, assist for Ryan. It's just at this moment in time with the games coming, there's not much in between we can work on. It's just uh, every time we play at the minute, it's just making sure everyone's fit and healthy for the next one. So the game's coming around thick and fast. I thought our left side tonight was probably uh, the reason we won the game. I thought Ridvan and Abdullah between them. Um, the energy they showed down that side, it obviously led to the first two goals. Seema did well last night, Leanne. He did, yeah, he was very good. Um, and again, another player that probably needs time to bed in. Another young player, certainly a lot of hope and, and potential in terms of his transfer fee that is associated with his parent club. Uh, and he's come to Glasgow. And, and that's a player that you can probably say should be afforded a little bit of time to settle in in strikers and attacking players it comes with confidence goals gives you confidence and he certainly did look like he was causing problems last night he got his goal he looked to create the assist that he then effectively gets the deflection in terms of the, the second goal but not in, in Rudvan as we've spoke about that last time I just listened to Michael Beale as a head coach he loves to give so much away and tries to convince people about the job that he's doing speaking about triangles and lines and People don't need Why? to hear it. Sure. You don't normally hear it. I don't think any other manager gives it. Stephen, what, what do you feel as somebody you're both in the game? Yeah, Michael. one of the criticisms of Michael Beale is what's he trying to do? I think, I mean, I've watched it. This is the third kind of spell of his coaching that I've watched. I've obviously seen firsthand. He played a huge part in Stephen Gerrard's tenure at Rangers. Yeah. 
watched them very closely in the way they played at Aston Villa with obviously John being there and now again as the Rangers manager and there's just such an emphasis put on the fullbacks, and there's always a reference back to Liverpool and Trent Alexander and Andy Robertson but Trent and Alan, uh, Andy Robertson were never Liverpool's most important players they were never the, the place where they get the goals and match winners that was always Salah yep. or Manny sure. or Firmino, Firmino. Yep. and I'm watched and I've watched obviously over the last few years and there's such an emphasis on fullbacks in this Rangers team for goals yeah. and, and in these tight games and the tight defences away from home Celtic games you need the match winners you need these boys up the forward it can't just always be rely on James Tavernier and again Redvan scores a crucial goal last night it seems to be such an emphasis in the fullbacks, and I don't know why they can't have more of a a way of playing a plan B where there's wingers come off the bench within the team um, who are we, the wingers we spoke, I mean, we spoke about off air yeah. I've played a million of these games against Celtic Rangers where you're 4-5-1 5-4-1 and you're just trying to show everything in the middle of the park. Stop the, the forward players in the middle of the park playing and they can kill you at wide. But if there's no real width, it's full-backs you're dealing with. Mm. Sometimes in a bad day with Rangers, we don't move it that quickly, you can deal with it. Obviously Matondo, but he has, um, he's been injured. We're waiting to find out what's happening there. Martin, before you go, what's going to happen on Saturday then against Aberdeen? Um, Aberdeen, there's old, there's old saying that Aberdeen always raises their game against Rangers and some people claim to lie down against Celtic. Um, but you're always going to have that rivalry. I yeah. think it'll be a hard... It's still not going to be pretty. 1-0 or 2-1 Rangers. In the Ryder Cup, do you enjoy it? Are you watching it when it starts tomorrow? No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not a golfer. No, I know other people are into that, but um, I'm more into um, lifting weights. Oh, good man. I'll give you a shout later. <laughs> Cheers, Martin. Thanks very much. Somebody on there. Would it be fair to say defending uh, Michael Beale? Which, um, I mean, there's been so much criticism, but good to hear another point of view. Yeah, I think you, to a point defending, but I think Martin's trying to be rational yeah. as well, which I know a lot of football fans can be criticised, even as, as pundits were, were probably um, quite quick at times to go one way or the other. Um, I think he's playing devil's advocate to the point and, and looking at it and being realistic that there's an opportunity to go and lift silverware looking at the numbers and, and I totally get that the new signings that have come in and, and under other circumstances I probably would be a person or a pundit that's looking at it going you know time should be allowed but I think there's an element of realism when you look at the money spent and, and the manager that's in charge Man City went out of the League Cup down south uh, last night Celtic went out well weeks ago against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock now Hearts are through Hibs are through and I know you had a short time there Stephen St Mirren they'll be disappointed won't they to go and score two goals to be up twice but 4-2 Hibs seem to be on fire what did you think about it last night? You know, I thought it was going to be a tight game I was at the, the previous league game yeah. through Easter Road and I thought St Mirren were the better team for long spells of that um, what Hibs do have is they carry a goal threat they've got goals right across the park and I think they just blew St Mirren away second half um, spoke to a few of the fans and they said that they didn't play as well the second half but I think through Easter Road now I think um, um, Nick Montgomery's building something and he's inherited we spoke about it in the show he's inherited that team full of goals um, and the, the easiest bit is almost getting them organised making them harder to beat stopping crosses defending your box better because they've got that much goals in their team that are a threat to anyone No I would agree with that absolutely I think that the, the Achilles heel has been defensively the opportunities and the incentive that they offer up the opponent even you know a couple of weeks back against Coman it was like that two goal advantage Nick Montgomery's first game and he probably thought he'd go off to a flyer and yeah. a brilliant start and was brought back down to earth because 
that's the issues that Hibs have, have shown over the last season or so. But they've got so much pace, they've got so much quality. Middle to front, they've got real good ball players centrally in the middle of the pitch. And when you've got guys like Martin Boyle, Ellie Johan, yep. in terms of their, their pace and their ability, Venti has come in, you know, a real goal threat. Looks like a, a really good addition to the side. So, as Stephen says, if Nick Montgomery can build that and he can tidy up the frailties, really nail down that defensive structure and what it looks like and you become a team that's really hard to beat, Hibs will always create opportunities because of that quality up top. Barry Robson would have slept well last night, I would imagine. It's been a heck of a start to the season, but two wins in a few days, both against Ross County. And suddenly you're through to a cup semi-final. So, I mean, there could be a number of permutations. It could be an all-Edinburgh final. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? No, it's going to be... Well, we don't know, do we? You'll see it could be very hard to call, wouldn't it? It opens it up nicely, though, Paul. Yeah, and certainly sure. gives the, the four teams remaining... Something to go and play for, for different reasons. We're speaking about Rangers, looking to get that silverware under their belt. Um, Hibs will be the exact same, the new manager coming in the door. Hearts, um, a lot of pressure on the manager as well in terms of their performances and inconsistencies in Aberdeen are the exact same. They've had a poor start to the season and I'm sure for their fans, they're always dreaming of silverware. You, you talk about statement performances. I thought they did a statement performance in uh, Germany. And they speak about results will come if you can deliver the performance. I think that was, although they lost, I thought yeah. they should have drew on the night. I thought they were excellent and really came after Frankfurt late on in the game. And I think they've taken a big boost from that, big a lot of confidence from that and followed up with two wins. So it's it's mean, making for a cracker on Saturday. That's a great point. I tracked it. As we all know, won the, the Cup, what, just 17, 18 months ago. And they were in pot one when the draw came just uh, over a year ago. Quick break and then we're back. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. 10% off your solar install in September. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go. You're in great company this evening. The Go Radio Football Show, we just see on Sky there. Vincent Company, kind of natty gear there, hasn't he, Leon? Yeah, he's got his own style. Um, yeah. I like it. There's yeah. not many managers to be fair that could pull it off the suit and the, the baseball hat at the same time. I was just intrigued to see what your shoes looked like if it completed outfit, but I don't know if. Could your Stephen pull that well, off? Maybe Stephen could. I think so, well, yeah. Your gaffer wears a skip cap, so maybe he could come in with a Ma- Manny suit oh, on does. as well. John does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that in the next interview. He's looking all right for tonight. There's a few of us heading out by the whole station, I think, yeah, this evening. Good. So, Stephen, p- passing the mustard, would you say? Looks, we'll we'll get a baseball cap and we'll try it yeah. out later exactly. on before he heads into town. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait, 17, 17, 700. We were talking about Rangers going through last night. Let's talk Celtic. It's been a quiet week for Celtic. They would rather have been in the tournament and it's unfamiliar territory for Brendan Rodgers. The first time he's lost a, a domestic a cup game in Scotland was just a few weeks ago against Kilmarnock. It's a phenomenal record that the club have, haven't they? But it's been strange. I wonder what they're doing during these weeks when during the week there's nothing. But they potentially could have had a couple of days off, Paul, just to allow the players to, to rest and recover. But I'm sure there's there's preparations ahead of the weekend, um, which they won't take their eye off the ball. And that's the irony in football is that Celtic are out the cup competition and nobody is speaking about that. You know, <laughs> Rangers are in sure. the cup competition and progress uh, and there still is that level of pressure on Michael Beale just now. So um, Celtic are in a good place. So other than that, that blip in terms of the, the cup exit, the form has been very, very good. And Champions League comes to town next week, Stephen. The Italians will be here. Lazio will be here. It's going to be massive, isn't it? Yeah, a huge game, really significant for Celtic because... If you lose that, all of a sudden you're facing Atletico Madrid, who've just beaten Real Madrid at the weekend. We've seen firsthand how good Real Madrid were last year. So 
Um, they have to get something out of the night, preferably a win to, to really reignite their, their campaign. Um, but I think it's there for them. I, I don't think Lazio, I, I watched Lazio pre-season, he plays Aston Villa and I know it's just a friendly, but I don't think they're fully firing. I don't think they're, uh, I think they're beatable in Glasgow next week and um, I think I think the League Cup this midweek, I think the players would have felt that, not been in that. They've been that used to being in that and winning that tournament and probably watching the games, watching the cup draw and you see Aberdeen, Hibs, Rangers v Hearts, I think they'll have felt the, the pain again of that Kilmarnock one and um, I think they'll feel it again going forward. I think whoever gets their hands in the trophy, it'll be a sore one for them. But they've regrouped after that early defeat and the draw at home to St Johnston. And um, I thought I thought they were really impressive. That, that um, formation that Brendan Rodgers goes to with ten yeah. men, the four three two. I mean, you've got strikers like Kyle going Dyson Maida to run the lineup for you yeah. up top, and that formation it's it's almost perfect. Let's hear a bit from him, and then we'll discuss Celtic. Where will we go? Injury update first of all from the manager. Yeah, well, we've got. Uh, obviously, Cam, who's who's coming back in to rejoin the the training group, so uh, but he won't be. He's not going to be ready till after the the international break, I would suspect. Um, Nat Phillips, we're just keeping an eye on. He's he's come in and, and rejoined the the group. We just uh, have to make sure with his ankle, um, but that that looks looks much better. So uh, so yeah, and then no one else really that has been. Uh, there's been an injured will be back. Stevens, it's frightening for some other teams. I said it to Barry and Big John Hartson last night. When they do get these players back, for example, Cameron Carter Vickers, Nat Phillips has been mentioned. We haven't really seen much of him. Yeah, well, Nat Phillips is obviously brought in as a very short term signing to yeah. cover and, and not having him fit's not been ideal. But to be fair to Lager, Bielke, and, and Liam Scales have stood up. That's not a, an easy game for any defender going to play Livingston. Bruce Anderson's a nightmare to play against always looking to run in behind and Joe Newbley brings his own problems so uh, I thought they obviously should deal better with the red card but um, I think Brendan Rodgers would be happy to see Cameron Carter-Vickers back in training I think the issue for Celtic still is that defensive pairing though uh, and they will be faced with that again This the fact that um, Lager Bielka will be missing for the, the Champions League game next week they'll be without Joe Hart this coming weekend so it unsettles the group you know you're going to start with I would imagine Scott Bain at the weekend a centre back pairing whether Lager Belka plays at the weekend and then he drops back out midweek so that consistency level that you look for as a manager Brendan Rodgers defensively he's not had that he's not had that available to him so um, in going to Fir Park on Saturday <laughs> certainly won't be an easy game I wouldn't have imagined after Celtic could beat Dundee at home the other week when I looked at the fixtures in terms of three out of the next four for Celtic were away from home and three out of the next four for Rangers were at home um, it was a crucial period and so far Celtic have come through it as Stephen touched on earlier even going to Livingston a really tough venue ten players uh, and they made it look easy um, but it's still a huge week for them He was asked about the goalkeeper assuming that it would be Bain who would be in for Joe Hart but uh, this was his answer Yeah well, we'll we'll look at it between Scott and, and Benji uh, both uh, of the guys work uh, work really hard every day uh, so we'll finalise the team uh, tomorrow But probably Bain you would imagine there just hasn't been really any sighting No potentially no? but then he, he was thrown in um, he had that scary moment that Joe Nubley should do mm-hmm. better he's got to score um, and probably had an, another couple of moments but it's tough as a goalkeeper kind of into that type of game when you've you've been out in the, the wilderness for so long um, I don't actually know if he would have had any such game time at club because you know there's not too much opportunity in, in terms of reserve footballer or opportunity so only time will tell you could see a shake up 
he was asked about the discipline and he was saying, look, it's not a big problem. This is what he said when he was asked about, obviously, two players sent off the other week and then one at the weekend. Yeah, I think I mentioned it before. I think that, you know, the, the team's traits has to be good organisation, togetherness and personality. And, uh, and I mentioned that before. We went down to uh, 10 men and nine men. And, and, and those are traits that you need in any good team. And I think the, the players have demonstrated that. The, the one thing I've always said is that we won't unravel mentally if we go down to 10 men. Why? Because the guys will understand what it is they have to do. So, and then that's what they did, both in Feyenoord and, uh, and against Livingston. Now, we don't want to make a habit of it, that's for sure. But I think that the greatest respect the three sort of sendings off weren't, they weren't sort of malicious, they weren't discipline issues that was decisions that were made by by referees so so we have to accept that and then very quickly we have to have the plan in terms of what it is what happens next and I think when you have that you've seen against Livingston the stability of the team they stayed calm stayed in control and I mentioned it before I'm not a coach I like my teams to play aggressive and be fast and dynamic and creates lots of opportunities but I don't like the team to be flying with the seat of their pants you know, it needs to be in control and, and organised. So uh, the players demonstrated that last week brilliantly. And uh, yeah, we'll move on to our next game now and look to put in a good performance, hopefully, with 11 men. Stephen? Yeah, he showed his real quality, top level coach. Um, and then this, with the adversity of the last two games, he stayed calm. And I think we've seen firsthand one of Celtic's big victories with the 10 men at Ibrox when Edward scores. when they went to the 4-3-2 formation and I think when he, Brendan Rodgers got Callum McGregor over on Saturday he said you could see him say 4-3-2 and as I said the, the two forwards when they start out wide when they've got the energy and the pace that Kyogo and Dyson Maida is, it almost works even better probably in that initial um, Brendan Rodgers spell So, but I think the calmness experience he has um, showed real, really through at Livingston because in that period you're thinking this is a ground that Celtic have really struggled at over the years they're 1-0 up, yes, but they're down to 10 men with a makeshift defence. This could be really difficult, but they actually got better in the game. And um, I think it probably a good one for Brendan Rodgers to just say, no, that's why I'm regarded as a kind of top-level coach. Yeah, no, I thought the performance was, was really good, but I thought in the early stages of the game they, they did offer Livingston too much of an incentive mm. in terms of the problems that they caused. And, and that, for me, was what led to the sending off from Joe Hart a couple of times, Lagerbielka and the breakdown in communication with himself and, and Alistair Johnson in terms of the height of the back line was the issue and Sangari was in behind a number of times, probably should have got a goal if I'm being honest in terms of his finish um, he doesn't do that and Joe Hart for me tried to make allowances for the distances between himself and his back line as that ball comes over the top for the sending off so he gets caught um, and another day it could have been different for Celtic but the reality is they've got so many good players and Stephen makes a cracking point with regards to Kyogo and Maeda. I don't even know if it looked like Celtic were down to 10 players because the work rate of Maeda is the work rate of two players when you look at him. He's absolutely relentless non-stop from the first minute until the last minute. Uh, and you need those players to stand up, not just with regards to goals and, and assists and contributions going forward. The defensive work out of possession is excellent. And guys like McGregor, Hitati and O'Reilly as well, outstanding in the middle of the pitch. Joe Hart's role... I think under Brendan Rodgers is to kind of be the sweet sweeper we saw over the years with, with Craig Gordon um, coming out I just think the pitch does him in mm -hmm. um, 
can can really find a, a way out for him in terms of criticism for the first goal at Feyenoord but the pitch is just honestly watching these pitches at the top level you see a big moment in the Kilmarnock Hearts game and Stuart Finlay struggling to stay on his feet because the pitch is so slippy um, obviously playing an Astro Turf pitch to win a, a championship in Kilmarnock's Astro Turf pitch but I think I think in the top level we should be seeing grass pitches I know it's a, a totally different point but it's just yeah. they're, they're having significant moments it's a red card at the weekend mm-hmm. it's a winning goal to knock Kilmarnock out of the cup and I think Stuart Finlay stops that in the grass pitch yeah. because he doesn't slip yeah. yeah no for me it's, I would agree top level it's got to be grass pitches I think for the spectacle of the game even looking at it you know when I'm looking at six TV screens on a Saturday yeah. and I'm looking at the games whether it's at the Tony Mark or mm-hmm. it's at Rugby Park just doesn't look the same and you know I've played in the the Tony Mack a couple of times um, and, and the difficult is as well and Stephen will know the inconsistency with these surfaces yeah. as well yeah, they're, they're, so they're not all the same yeah, no. you know yeah. so we train at Motherwell you're at Kay Park which mm-hmm. is a really good surface newly laid in the summer the Excelsior at Airdrie is mm-hmm. the same good surface but I've heard other people that are not used to the, those two surfaces criticising them as well Tony Mack's completely different really heavy um, packed with a lot of rubber underneath it Rugby Park is very similar probably a bit drier so there is no you, you can't really ever get used to it as an away team going to play and adapt regardless of whether you've got access to AstroTurf pitches at your training facility or not that would require bold action by the league. But it's up to the clubs, isn't it, who are the members? Continuing with Brendan Rodgers in a moment, to an interesting insight into how he's developing the team and the players. The Viaplay Cup, semi-finals. Hearts Rangers, Hamden on the Sunday, November the 5th, bonfire night ahead. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. So 5th of November, the Sunday, three o'clock, Rangers against Hearts. And on the Saturday, 5.15 kickoff for Hibs against Aberdeen. So... Whichever way that was going to be for the travelling fans, especially coming from Aberdeen, it's 5.15 for the Viaplay. So those uh, breaking news, that's just come in just now. Back to Motherwell against Celtic. It was a great game, isn't it? When you think about the early kickoff against your team, the men's version on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about surfaces, oh. one of the best in the mm. country. In Fir Park, it's looking immaculate. Is it? most often does so who's your um, groundsman who's head grounds person well it's changed actually Aye? and I don't have too right. much contact now so um, the guy that was there for a number of years ah, yeah. um, and did the, t- the handover and the changeover oh. with the new pitch the hybrid pitch last summer so um, but it looks fantastic yeah. um, it's improved since you've gone to Motherwell from Glasgow City no question I've made a big difference <laughs> I think you have yeah. <laughs> just sitting in that office looking at the, the pitch makes the grass grow <laughs> constant development that's the theme here from Brendan Rogers about the team the constant development of the team you know, my, you know, I prioritise quality football in terms of the work. And uh, and I think over the course of the summer and probably early parts of the season, transfer window and everything, there was probably that feeling of maybe a little bit of instability and players going to be here, are they not? New manager coming in, what is he asking us to do? And But now the I think the team have taken a really a big mental step forward. And I think you, you see that in how they're performing. You know, the, the determination, the intensity, the quality starting to move forward into the levels that I'd wanted to get to. Uh, and that's always the beginning of a, a really good team. So I'm really happy with the progress that we're making day on day, but we have to keep working and we have to keep working very hard. And, and like I said, my, my priority in my career, my body of work has always been about the quality of our football. And that's quality of football to win games. And uh, we're starting to see that now. Leanne, it's a team that uh, loves good football. 
it's built on it. It is, no, absolutely. Um, and you can hear that in, in the way that Brendan Rodgers speaks about the side and, and everything that he's looking to try and achieve. But even this season, it hasn't come without bits of criticism as well and the change and what that looks like from last year under Ange Postacoglu and how it will look this season. Um, but the reality for me, when you look at that Celtic side as well, is so much quality in terms of the players, um, the levels that they have already got to with regards to like a Callum McGregor and the qualities that he's shown over the years. But as I mentioned, guys like Matt O'Reilly that have come in, young players, so much potential, so much development, but still brilliant week in, week out. It certainly does help when you're looking to try and achieve that top level football and ball possession, creating opportunities. But it was as good as I've seen Celtic at the weekend and as comfortable as I've seen them. Um, they've dominated a lot of the ball and, and the majority of the games that I've watched since the start of the season, but they lacked that cutting edge in moments. Uh, I thought they found a different level at the weekend. I see Pat Nevin has suggested that he that they should go. Chelsea, his former club, should go for Kyogo. You're not having that, Stephen, are you? People in Scotland wouldn't want to see, certainly the Celtic fans or neutrals, you don't want Kyogo going no, anywhere. No, definitely not. I just think there's a... Obviously, it's an obvious game to look, but the, the win at Ibrooks was such a significant mm. moment. Um, I don't care what happened. In football, you're always judged in the current. So, although Brendan Rodgers came in with an amazing CV, yeah. really successful Celtic manager, Liverpool, um, Leicester, the, that current group, some of them that hadn't worked with them are looking saying, right, okay, what, what you got? Because we've been pretty good here. And obviously they stuttered against St. Johnson the week before. The football was a bit slower. There was question marks everywhere. They were going into that game against Rangers without Starfelt, obviously left. Mm -hmm. Carter Vickers injured. Rio Hattati injured. Jota left. All these guys that had been huge players get into the hardest domestic fixture. And I think there was such a significant win for them that day to buy into, right, OK, we, we are here and we are still the dominant team. And... Why I think Rangers missed the boat a bit because I think it was a chance for them to really dent Celtic's confidence, uh, confidence even more but actually they give them a spring in their step and I think they really kicked on from then. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. 10% off your solar install in September. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go! Paul Cooney with Leanne Crichton, Stephen McGinn and your calls coming in 0808 17 17 700 and people joining the conversation as well on the socials at Goal Football Show. Let's get uh, some health updates injury-wise. Stephen, how is... So we haven't seen you this season, Falkirk captain. Yeah, we op. Yeah. I'm, What's the latest? I'm four weeks post-op today, so yeah, I'm starting to really progress in the gym and stuff like that and you're starting to look at fixtures that you might be back for. Mm. So uh, no uh, real timescale yet, but I'm starting to get excited now. Leanne, have you had many periods in your football career where you've missed it for because that's the f first time in many years Stephen's had a, a long term injury yeah no I've been re really fortunate I would need to say throughout my career I only ever had one op and it was a, a kind of 12 week period that I was out for with an ankle op other than that really lucky um, I, I say it all the time and I am super lucky with that you see players yeah. that go through it all the time and I know Stephen's been one of those players that's been plagued at times especially in, in his earlier days as a player yeah. um, so tough to overcome and we're going to look at that again coming off the back of the Women's International this week with the injuries that have been I've... amassed to Emma Watson and, and Caroline Weir Yeah, too much in the ACLs I want to talk about that in a moment or two but you're not playing at the moment and I asked you why and there's some great news for you and your partner Marianne. Yeah, but it's amazing yeah. yeah, we've got baby Crichton is, oh, is en route fantastic. so due March um, next year which is 
pretty exciting. So I've taken a step back, which timing wise it kind of worked out with the start of pre season this year, which was nice. I'm not sure I would I would have <laughs> participated too much anyway. Um, so we had done for quite some time. So um, no, we're really excited. It's just an every an every stage is, is everybody will understand. It's a family that you don't. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever get to a point that it feels completely safe until the baby's here. But um, no, we're super excited. You're looking really well. Are you okay in the mornings? Feeling good. Yeah. Anybody that describes it as morning sickness is completely yeah. lying because it's just a 24-hour thing. So <laughs> Stephen's <laughs> laughing. I'm sure he's heard that before. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm thankfully feeling a bit better. It was a rough couple of months and just how I was feeling. But just the adaptation of it, I think, yeah. as well. Like I've been, as I say, lucky with injuries and being fit and available and able to train every day my whole life. And that's a huge part of, of everything that I do, both physically and mentally. So there's there's been a change and a shift in the dynamic and what that looks like. And certainly Marianne's been having to take a few extra paracetamol listening to me. Um <laughs> moan for the last number of yeah. months. So um she's a godsend yeah. and probably is going through the mill more than I am. But I feel more normal um this last week or so and more active out and about and certainly eating a lot better as well, which is good. Well, you can get tips from Stephen, of course. He's got two wee ones. Did you get any cravings? When your wife was pregnant, <laughs> did you? Sometimes it happens. <laughs> take, take on the pregnancy yeah. symptoms. Yeah, I've heard that's a thing. Any cravings start to play well in the football? I know. No, but brilliant news. Um, yeah. And there's a change coming. That's for sure. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm all yeah. for the positives. I get the change. There are a lot of people that are like, your life will never be the same, and you'll yeah. sleepless nights, and it'll be terrible and stuff. But oh, listen, we're well off the football here. But Ashley went and sent me a. My wife Ashley sent me a, yeah. a TikTok last week, and it was about remember these moments the moments you moan about where I come and do or the playing down with my daughter and everything all the messy and, and everything the crying and honestly since we've watched that video I don't think we've been a good 20 minutes really <laughs> <laughs> it flashes by let me yeah. tell you I can no, assure I can you I believe that honestly it's the best days no, be so we're song. absolutely delighted yeah. for you absolutely. congratulations and you member of the team in, in March brilliant news exactly yeah. another listener he or she making the switch that's, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant news Liam oh, congratulations thank you. Thank from you all so of us here at Go Radio we're absolutely delighted but we'll still still be joining us for quite some time absolutely yeah. no and I, I don't yeah. anticipate um, or hopefully don't need to take yeah. too much time mm. off work um, I love work and it's a brilliant routine and, and consistency for me so as long as I'm, I'm fit and well and the baby gets here and everything is, is good then um, I won't be off for too long and the men's Euros uh, is next summer so I've already earmarked that as my comeback if I need to take any time off so we'll be there in Germany that'll be brilliant <laughs> I was going to ask you what about the ACL injuries Emma Watson I was reading about that today Caroline Weir both long term injuries devastating really devastating for both players Um but for their, their clubs and the national team, it is a, it's a hammer blow. Um, Emma Watson, just coming into the team in, in the past six months, brilliant young talent, got her moved from Rangers to Manchester United, really bright future, future and she will be back, of course she will. Um, it's early on in her career and it's going to be the biggest challenge that she'll need to overcome. Caroline Weir, on the other hand, she's 28 years old. For me, she's playing the best football that she's ever played. It looked fairly innocuous, I would need to say, on Tuesday night when she went off. I do think she was targeted as I think yep. the Belgians looked to try and get in about her um, and really stop her playing. And she had a couple of knocks and niggles in the build-up to that incident that led to the injury. But Stephen will understand as well, it doesn't always take a, a challenge to, to cause these injuries. But the fact that she's going about for a long period of time, you're talking nine months, you know, is a quick return, potentially a year. Caroline made her debut in 2013 for the national team. She's got, I think, 100 and 203 caps. 
But from my memory, she's always been fit and available. Um, so she's a, she's a player that's had a really good run at her career. So again, that's a bit huge obstacle for her to overcome and get back. But she's at Real Madrid. She's at a fantastic club who I know think really highly of her. Her form over there has been frightening since she's arrived. So you just hope that both players can get back quite seamlessly. But for me, both the men's and the women's scheduling and calendars need to be looked at because both physically and mentally the players are fatigued for the majority of the calendar year I playing think, too many games now I don't yeah. think there's a period in time and you know John McGinn is, is probably the same you know I would love to know how he feels week in week out yeah. um, it's non-stop yeah. and there's no time off in the summer so you're looking at this even as the start of the, the season um, even the WSL in England is not yet up and running there's injuries and there's injuries at this stage of the season because there's not been any time off in the summer it's been a 10 day window of opportunity if you're lucky it's rammed if you're lucky Paul that's outrageous I know you know and there'll be some players that have probably had six or seven weeks because they've not been involved in tournaments or the the domestic season is different Um, but for the most part it's chaos throughout the year so it's now about money it's about investment it's about driving nobody is that interested in the players and in the women's game it's now trying to replicate the men's game but the women's game has not had the same run up in terms of that ladder system to get to that level the women's game has escalated so quickly over the last five to ten years where the player loading has gone from not to a hundred I don't think the players have been exposed to this level of load and training and competitive matches as they have now Uh, and even that window their international window has gone from being a friendly window to a Nations League format so it changes the pressures change your best players are expected to be fit and available. You've got to turn up. And yeah. the only ones that are suffering are the players. Yeah. Nobody's listening to the players. Would you agree, Stephen? Yeah, and huge sympathy for the girls. It's such a bit brutal injury. Um, the rehab involved in it and for the rest of their careers going forward, something I, I did my ACL 14 and a half years ago and you can come back and your performances can get better. It's not There's not a ceiling thing goes on your career and you can't get better but what it does do is your day-to-day kind of professional life has to change you have to need do so much more precautionary work um, you have swelling maybe after three three game weeks and we speak about the schedule the schedules of the games now for these top players Caroline we are players with Real Madrid she's playing every three or four days yeah. hopefully she's got the best physios and st- to, to keep a, an eye on the swelling but it's really difficult when the schedule's so demanding and, and you're dealing with knee, swelling in the knee how does your brother John cope, if you don't mind us asking? For example, because season finishes, what, May, let's say, Aston Villa, yeah? And they were chasing Europe and they got a European place. And then we're all together again in June, which used to be downtime completely, but there's there was qualifying games. Yeah, it's, it's something we were, we were speaking about recently from a kind of positive uh, point of view in terms of they're trying to organise a wedding, uh, John yeah. and his fiancée mm-hmm. Sarah. And there's literally within a two or three years um, spell when you look at tournaments and Villa and potential games and potential. There's, there's honestly only two or three options per per, per year for a, for a wedding. So, yes, yeah. yeah, he's been pretty full on for a long time. Thankfully, John's had a good record, injury record, but it's not held him back too much. He's not had too many bad ones. Touch wood, but yeah, it's 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 full on. You feel as if every two or three days you're saying good luck to John for his game that night or that day. So, and these are huge, high pressure games. And Same it, for Carly. And it, it feels as if it's not going to get better. It almost mm. seems as if it's going to get worse. We're speaking about players that are in clubs and even domestically in Scotland. The ACL injuries we've mm. experienced one at Motherwell in the last two seasons. Um, but you're hearing guys like Pep Guardiola at the top end of the game, Champions League winners that are speaking about players being ran into the ground. Yep. 
sacrificing cup competitions because he's not willing to risk and play the players that are expected to play, um, which probably should be the case when you're at that level and there's so many cup competitions to play for. That has got to be the, the whole point of having an academy system, a B team, a reserves, whatever it of might course, be, an under-21s. But yeah. a lot of the teams in, in the women's game as such don't have that same player pool just now. They've only got squads of 23, 25 players. And you look at Arsenal women last season, they lost Beth Mead, Viv Miedema and Leah Williamson, three of their best players all ACL injuries. You know, so it's, it's scary when you think of the quality and the talent pool um, that are being damaged. And you've got UEFA and FIFA who want more and more. FIFA, yeah. for example, you know, going around saying, oh, World Cup every two years. And if the men madness. do it, the women will do it. So it's madness. Yeah. I agree. We love our football, but we recognise as, you know, viewers and listeners, you need a break from it as well. And even for the appetite of the public, give it a break yeah. for six weeks or something. Yeah. yeah and, and how tempting must it have been for Pep Guardiola to bring on Haaland last night I know of course 1-0 down sure. going out of the cup yeah. but he's thought no the welfare of the player he's too important to my season I'm not risking it he probably did the right thing because he's what a record he's got in that well maybe not because he might have scored he might have come out ah, yeah. the game but he was <laughs> looking after his player news is next and then we're back with Leanne and Stephen you can call them now 0808 17 17 700 Looking to reduce your energy bills? Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps, we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation. Available until 30th September 2023. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Personal face-to-face advice on renewable energy products. Let's go! Yeah, look, we won uh, a game, third game in seven days, another clean sheet, we're in a semi-final. Livingston never had, I think, a shot on target, so it's a good night for us. We just stayed with the ball a bit more first half, we were a bit more patient. I thought at times we could speed up a little bit, but in terms of our general possession, it was much better than the weekend and... Abdullah sort of showed the way really with his running off the ball. We, we need to do a little bit more of that and uh, by the end of the game we did. Michael Beale after the 4-0 win in the Cup quarter-final last night against Livy, they're up against Hearts in the semi-final and it's going to be Sunday 5th of November at 3 o'clock and the game between Aberdeen and Hibs the day before 5.15 on the Saturday at Hamden. Leanne Crichton, Stephen McGinn's here. Good time to call. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 as we get ready for the Ryder Cup. Starts tomorrow morning, 6.30. Will you be up to watch it before heading off to work? Definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no harm yeah. at the golf, but no. 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 Stephen, what about yourself? You might be up uh, nursing one of the wee ones. It, nah, if, it's, if I'm up at that time it's on I'd put it on but no real interest in my Sunday golf watcher if it's if it's getting to a big moment in the Ryder Cup then I'd, I'd put it on but it's not something I'm, I've got a keen interest in We're looking forward to the weekend as well and the game's coming up we're going to hear from Michael Bale we'll hear from Brendan Rodgers as well what about big Duncan Ferguson the new manager of Inverness Callie Thistle and Brendan Rodgers was saying yeah yeah been in touch with him Yeah listen we we, we connected when he was like you said Everton and and then throughout my managerial jobs, I'm always open to, to, to help whatever manager coach needs it. Um, and obviously then when he, we sort of faced uh, Everton whenever he was in temporary charge. Uh, and obviously we, we got chatting for for a good bit around that time. And yeah, listen, I'm, we have communication. It's like most coaches and managers, you don't, 
you know, every single day. And but uh, but my my phone was there for me if he ever wanted to to reach out. So um, so now I think it's it's great for him. He's he clearly wants to to do well in in management. Spent a long time in coaching Duncan and. Uh, Obviously, you can up to Inverness, you know, lovely part of the world, but I'm sure they want to do well in their football, and as will he. So, um, so yeah, we, we exchanged messages the other day. Not that long ago, he was with uh, Ancelotti. He's now going to be on his own at Inverness. Were you surprised, Leanne, that he's come to Scotland to the Championship? Well, he's been mentioned a couple of times, yeah. a few jobs that have come up. Um, his name's been in the mix. He got that job at Forest Green, which I think everybody thought was was going to be the the making of him as a manager. Very short lived. Um, it's a good job, the Inverness job, really good job. I think for me, as a pundit being across the games, I'm really excited because he he seems and appears like another good character. Certainly, a lot of experience in the game, coming from down south as well up to Scotland. I think will be refreshing, but it's a bit of pressure on him as well the fact that he's coming into an Inverness side six games no wins find himself rooted to the bottom of the championship table but I'm sure the Inverness fans will be excited by the appointment because it's a it's a different appointment it's not you know <laughs> I think in Scotland at times we've got this managerial roundabout that goes round and it's the same names and the same jobs and then they lose it and it rotates and it's the same people that then get the next job that comes up rightly or wrongly. So I think it could be a really refreshing one for the, the Scottish Championship and the Scottish game. Let's go back on the lines now. Stephen Reside is on, our celebrity Motherwell fan. Stephen, good evening. I think guys, how are you doing? Hi, good. Stephen. You okay? So, yeah, a defeat at the weekend, but it was narrow. Uh, have you, are you over it now, Stephen? That's why I've had to take a few days before yeah. coming on. I think it took me a wee while to go over that one. I'd don't know how we lost that game. Mm. And it's, it's the same against St Mirren the week before. Uh, and there's a lot of Motherwell fans that have said to me, oh, we need a striker, we need somebody that can put the ball in the net. I would be more worried if we weren't creating the chances in the first place. The fact that we're still creating the chances, they, they'll go in eventually. So uh, I asked for a performance online and the player gave, gave me and every other Motherwell fan that. That is the best I've seen a Motherwell side play at Ibrox and for Michael Beale to come out in his press conference yesterday and say that Motherwell won the better team if Rangers were the better team in that game then I'm using both guys that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. honestly if Rangers were the better I, I don't anybody with a working pair of eyes can see that we battered them second half we battered them in spells Stephen yeah um, Stephen's right I, I watched the game obviously um, brothers playing sure. my, my dad I was down at Stamford Bridge watching John so the games were on the same day and obviously Rangers go 1-0 up um, and you're watching the second half and you just think Motherwell are getting better and better in this game and honestly you're giving updates I'm giving updates to my dad obviously and I'm saying if Motherwell score the next goal they'll win this game yeah. and and they just as Stephen said they're better and better the last 10 minutes was an absolute doing I, I don't know how they score in fact I do know because they have had you speak about injuries Celtic Celtic have had injuries, um, Rangers have had injuries, but Motherwell's injury list isn't spoken about in terms of the three strikers they've lost. Yeah. Three. Yeah, three big players, and you think yeah. of the boy Beer, if he, was, yeah. if he was playing at the weekend, I don't think Motherwell will lose that. And Yeah, if there's a way to lose a football match, it, it was that. They, they left everything at, at Rangers' goal, um, just couldn't put it in. They were brilliant. Right across the pitch, the midfields, I, I spoke about it last week in the show, yeah. I think the midfield's really, really good. There's a brilliant balance to it. Super young talent and, and Lennon Miller and just catching guys like 
Blair Spittle at a good age, mm. uh, Calum Slattery, and, and they've just gelled and. So I think it's going to be a real positive season, especially when these strikers back. Must be a real bounce around the place. Absolutely. Um, I think we only need to listen to Stuart Kettlewell even after the St Mirren game, how impressed he was by his side. Says it was the best football that he's seen them play since he'd come in. Uh, and that's a work in progress. I think, Motherwell, you can see them getting better all the time. And the tough thing is that with that, at times you don't get out of games what you put in. Uh, in the last two weeks, the they feel they should have had more from both games, both St Mirren and Ibrooks. But I think the reality for Motherwell is if they continue to perform like this, they will have a fantastic season because their season won't be defined by games against Rangers or Celtic. Um, it'll be every other team around that. And for me, just now, when you look at third spot, it's there to be taken. You know, St Mirren have had a brilliant start to the season. Um, Motherwell, fantastic under Stuart Kettlewell. We know Hibs now are starting to get a you know a little bit of form under Montgomery, Aberdeen. We'll see how their season goes. Hearts very inconsistent, so it's there. You know certainly top six is there to be had, but I think out with that you know third spot is also there to be had, and it will only take a, a run of games. Perhaps getting a couple of the boys back that Stephen mentioned with injuries up top, which has been huge for Motherwell, because the big question last season was Kevin Van Veen. Could they replace him? Could they cope with losing him? And I don't think there's been so little spoken about the loss of Kevin Van Veen this season and that's down to the players that Stephen went through in terms of that midfield, the quality, the assurance, the defensive structure, the solid 8 out of 10s every week and, and Paul McGinn being one of those players as well. You know, there's a real good consistency. Stephen, you must be enjoying that about the side. Loving it, loving it. I think that's something that we struggled to get last season was a real balance in that midfield um, particularly under Stevie Hamill uh, and I think we've really got that you've got guys like Paul McGinn who he was consistent doesn't do anything shiny he just does his job does what he needs to do and you need players like that in the team but I have to say and I don't know whether Stephen will agree with me I think Bevis McGabby has been the most improved player under Stuart Kettlewell. He's been an absolute colossus at the back this season. He's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's I, th- I think that's Stephen. I was just when you're watching McGabby at times when it's a, when it was a back four, he probably seen more of the football than he than he wanted to because he's a brilliant defender, defensive box. Now he's in that middle of the three. Dan Casey's good with the ball. Paul can carry the ball. Good pass of the ball. Bevis McGabby's just organiser. He's a he's a leader in the middle. He wins headers. He defends the box well. And yeah, I think I think the system and Stuart Kettlewell took him to a different level. Stephen, how do you feel about the difference in the budget between you and Rangers and you and Celtic? It's monumental. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, other outlets don't only like to mention it when Celtic and Rangers are going away in Europe. But it's good to hear them mentioned about us. Listen, what I loved about Sunday's performance, I know that those periods. Uh, in time when you go to Ibrox and you play against Celtic where you're going to need to be organised you're going to need to sit deep but see when we went on the ball we were brave we, we didn't change our philosophy on the ball it might need to be tweaked a wee bit off it but on it it never changed and we were a meek bear away from winning that game 3-4-1 That's a great point listen here's what Brendan Rogers says about your club when he was asked today about this game which I think is a great game on, on Saturday the early kickoff. Well, I think they're obviously very, very well coached, first and foremost. I think that when I see them play, uh, they play the shape very, very well, defending 5 for one and, and morph into 3 4 3 when they, when they have the ball. They all look very clear in terms of what it is they're doing. And they have a nice mixture in the game. They, they build the game short, but they can also build it long as well. And So, yeah, so I think they've it's just done very, very well there. He's obviously gone in and 
and coached them very well. And, and like I say, going to Motherwell is always a tough, tough game. I think in, in my experiences of going to there, it's, uh, it's a tough game. Always with a really good atmosphere. The pitch is normally fantastic, so should be a very good football game. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll prepare for a tough game. Stephen again. I think I think that's where the disappointment comes from the Motherwell camp and from Stephen because you have played so well and missed and not got the points. And then when Celtic are coming to town, there's warnings everywhere for the Celtic players. Look, look how well they play against Rangers. This is what they're going to do on Saturday. All of a sudden, Celtic go right. Okay, we're going to end for a right big game. Then, then potentially might lose that game, and then you've lost three in a trot when you're playing well. So, it's about sticking with it, um, taking the game to Celtic like they did with Rangers. You never know. You never know what might happen on Saturday. But as Leanne said, these aren't the games that define them. But there's just going on performances and some of the results so far. There's there's lots of to be positive about. Stephen, what do you feel? It's a step up. It's a step or two up for for the Rangers game, and I know the Rangers fans listening won't like to hear me saying that. But you just you just look at the way Celtic went about their business with ten men against Livingston. It shows you how hard it's going to be. I think the the result that they got in the Old Firm game was massive for them. I gave them a platform, and and they look as if they're clicking into gear now. Um, but I don't go into the game with any fear at all. Um, I think that we've got players that have got are capable of hurting Celtic, and just hopefully. Hopefully the ball end up in the back of the net. <laughs> well, Connor Wilkinson's back fit, so that's a that's a big positive. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's quite ready to start, but if he, if he if he's fit enough, then I would definitely like. That, to that, see was, him that was one of my texts. If thought if there's uh-huh. going to be a chance, let it fall to Wilkinson because he is so deadly. He's such a good left foot, and it it didn't fall to him, but. Um, having him back fits such a positive Leanne I see that Stuart Kettlewell this afternoon says yeah I admit it it's a huge challenge against Celtic on Saturday but it's one we must relish that's his message it is and I think yeah. you know what you can take from these games whether you, you win them or not is that it, it tests you as a, as a team you know it forces you to problem solve you're up against the best you want to test yourself against the best players the reality is you don't play these same teams like Celtic week in, week out. So the next run of games for Motherwell coming out the back yet, they go Livingston away, St Johnston away, Ross County, which are three winnable games. So it could be a, a you know, a tough three games that you don't pick up points, but then it, it prepares you and it gets you to a level. If you can go and match Celtic for the most part of the game on Saturday and come away with something or an arrow defeat, there's a lot of confidence to be had from those types of performances and results. But Stuart Kettlewell will, will back his, his players. Last season he went to Celtic Park, you know, and he gets a result in terms of the draw. And I'm sure he'll back his players to go and rectify those you know, finishes in front of goal. Can we be clinical? Can we take, you know, might only get one or two chances against Celtic. You need to take one of them. You need to put them under a bit of pressure and force them into a little bit of adversity and see how they respond. But for Park, you know, Brendan Rogers mentioned that I mentioned the pitch will be yeah. immaculate, the conditions will be perfect, it's an early kickoff, it's everything you want. It tees up the Saturday football lovely um for for us watching it and across it. Um and it should be a cracking football match. But really enjoy the work that, that Stuart Kettlewell is doing. He's a brilliant guy, really sound, down to earth, so well prepared, so well versed. Um, really honest, really open to probably criticism about himself and open-minded. He's worked really hard to get back into the game and you can see the work that he's managed to do with the group of players that he's put together and he's invested in his back young players like young Lennon Miller, as Stephen mentions, put a lot of trust in, in him and his ability but also at moments this season has managed them really well and has taken them back out of the team um, and taken that pressure off him when he needs to. So Stephen, you've said yourself it's a step up playing against uh, Celtic. How are you going to beat them then? 
I don't. I'm going. I just need to be honest. I don't think we will. I think they're just too strong. Um, I think, but I think it'll be narrow. And I think mm-hmm. Celtic will win two one. I don't. I don't take any pride in saying that. No. Sure. But I think. Hopefully we'll put in another good performance and then we'll look to the next three games as Leanne said to, to go and build again. Oh, good. That's really realistic. You're on the BBC just about as much as Leanne is. <laughs> Have you been on, are you on the, off the ball this weekend? <laughs> I've not quite made the jump to TV. I think they've still got... I've got a face for the radio. Uh, they do that with me as well, Stephen. Um, Don't take it personally. Uh, face for <laughs> radio. Listen, listen, it's something I enjoy and hopefully people enjoy listening yeah. to me. So... You, you, just need to keep looking for the opportunities you make absolutely brilliant points and funnily enough we spoke a few weeks ago about the young players Lennon Miller for example and there's so many of them coming through now uh, it seems to be the thing 16 year olds are breaking in and it's really really good news and, and then 17 year olds Ben Dokes for example playing again last night Stephen for for Liverpool and he could be in the Scotland squad for the games next month it's possible yes. really? yeah. it's real... I'm sorry I didn't know what both get the same name on you go Stephen <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really exciting um, just to see even see Rory Whitaker coming on again for him yeah, last right. weekend and they were scoring. Uh, I think we, we need to watch the one not putting too much pressure. I mean, I see it all over social media about how Ben Dolt's going to be the next big thing. Just let the lad enjoy his football. I mean, he's he's, near, he's on the edge of the starting 11 at Liverpool at 17 years of age. So yes, there's a lot to be excited about, but, but let's just try and calm it down a wee bit. I think. And Motherwell women, before he goes, who have you got this weekend, Leanne? We are away yeah. to Montrose in the, the League Cup, so a good game for us, coming off the back of the international break as well. Uh, we had that tough week with the, the three defeats in a week as well. Uh, to then go into the international break is always a sore one because it's a long wait to get back on the pitch, but the, the players have been back in form this week and it's certainly a game we're looking forward to. And Stephen, did you hear the good news? Leanne and Marianne are expecting a baby. Now, if it's a boy... There's two Stevens in here. It could be. Thinking of names yet, Leanne? Oh, I don't Probably know. Well, yeah. <laughs> you've narrowed it down there. <laughs> it's actually a St. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Thanks very much. It's actually a St. Patrick's Day due date. Um, yeah. So you can imagine there's been a few um, Irish suggestions yeah, indeed. there. Yeah. Um, a great strong <laughs> Which name. might divide yeah. opinion in the well, west of Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll need to be careful as a pundit. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, Stephen, have a great weekend. Maybe speak to you afterwards. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the game, it. Stephen. Yep. Thanks, guys. Here's Take care. My predictions wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Stephen. My granddaughter is uh, working at the pie store <laughs> for Park. But I, I mentioned the pies a few weeks ago, but it wasn't that complimentary. So no. I was about to say it again, but I remembered. So I, Stephen's contributions are actually brilliant, aren't they? You know, the way he analyses the game. Um, I look at his social media. He was on Cam Glenn as well the other day. So here, there and everywhere. And he does such great work assessing how the clubs do, looking after people with disabilities. I mean, we've all got disabilities. That's the thing. Um, but he does amazing work. Stephen Reside. No, he's brilliant. So and much, and, isn't he? and yeah. gives it, as you say, a, a good opinion. Yeah. And at times, doesn't he come on with the Motherwell tinted glasses on? Mm-hmm. Um, he's open-minded, complimentary of other teams. As you say, reads the game really well, offers you that type of, of opinion, uh, which you need, which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Can't stand them. Young, talented person <laughs> coming through. I'm kidding. Keep them out. Listen, I'll tell you, one for the future, for sure.
and that's you we're talking about as well Stephen yeah I know I said Stephen I was, it was either of you could have come on just because yeah. you said I knew I, I, know. I almost knew you were talking to Stephen recite but just because you were looking at me at exactly. the same time I thought I uh, it was my but, fault um, no, happy when he comes on he always gives good chat about Motherwell he does indeed and he paid compliment to your brother uh, Paul who seems to be loving life at Fair Park would that be fair I've never actually asked you is he is he enjoying it yeah he, I mean over the last five or six years he's just get better and better mm. and uh, a huge part of their team I think one of the I know speak about defenders missing but when I mean, he missed a game against St Martin you do you do notice that his effect he has in the team he's a big part of he plays that centre half role but he's just a natural full back so he can carry the ball he plays it into the striker so a big part of their team I think Hibs have missed him as well since since he went what, just over a year ago yeah Leanne. no absolutely yeah. no, as Stephen says he's getting better mm-hmm. a, a fine wine <laughs> getting better wage um, and you do miss him it was a huge blow the sending off and uh, missing out in that game it just takes away from the consistency of the group but another player as well Stephen O'Donnell who was you know kind of frozen out to a point wasn't a lot of game time has come back in and, mm-hmm. and, and certainly looks like he's that consistent player which Stephen O'Donnell always was when he played you know your, your standard 7 out of 10 that wasn't he doing anything you know no frills attached but um, what you see is what you get and Stuart Kettlewell needs players like that that just do their job but also grounded down to earth guys that keep the standards within the dressing room as well and can guide the young players that are coming through and give you that cohesion within the group so so important Big birthday today for James Andrew who listens to us all the time Cafe Kaya in the centre of Glasgow in West George Street his, I won't say what age yesterday I'm not quite sure but well done James he listens live or uh, overnight and Sarah happy birthday to you as well quite a few people and there's a golden wedding as well Francis and Andrew Andrew and Francis Stobel Straven so 50 years wow. imagine that could you, could you <laughs> be good going exactly. yeah Stephen what about you some news coming in quick break and then we're back the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy personal face to face advice on renewable energy products let's go thanks Chris for the traffic and travel the business show will be back on Sunday morning 11 o'clock and it's absolutely brilliant really enjoyed it last weekend as well and catch up of course uh, wherever you get your podcast and great with Hunter and Hockey Sunday morning at 11 08 08 17 17 700 got a big weekend coming up we've got the Ryder Cup um, and more importantly for us in the Cinch Premiership SPFL Championship first and second division and in the women's game as well we were talking there about Motherwell against uh, Montrose and Stephen you're on Falkirk I've got Montrose as well but your your game is at at Falkirk at Falkirk so so you don't have the journey yeah so Uh, ourselves in Hamilton will be looking to do the business before the the big clash a week on Saturday if you're just tuning in then the cup semi-finals the league cup the via play cup is going to be Rangers against Hearts on the Sunday and Aberdeen Hibs 5.15 on the Saturday did you see the bit of skill from Emma Dodds the other night on, no. on the t- oh you've not seen it no. yeah, did you see it Stephen yeah, so I worked with Emma when she started out uh, on the programme um, she's brilliant but I didn't realise she was so good at the football what was it she did that touch she had that kind oh, of, just a wee flick yeah so flick then, yeah at the camera we're seeing Leanne it was Is good it? yeah must have gone viral surely on yeah, she's, social media got a wee look I think she's getting asked to do with a rugby ball the Glasgow Warriors I think I've seen that is that are you, are you <laughs> winding me up no, no oh, I is she think, yeah, yeah. okay surely Anna the next break Livingston <laughs> Chief Exec Dave Black has come out today he's criticising the decision not to overturn Rangers opening goal last night the 4-0 win for Rangers but he was on social media saying incredibly difficult to take the fact that we also have to pay for the introduction of VAR 
but still have to put up and shut up with this sort of error even yet. I don't think anyone disagreed though, was it? It was definitely a push, wasn't it? Oh, it, was the it was the clearest yeah. foul ever. And you can understand the frustration because I, I, I thought Rangers did come out. They started the game really well. Livingston had to stand up to a lot of attacking intent from Rangers, but just the way they're playing at the minute and you're looking at where's goals going to come from this Rangers team. If, if Livingston could have got it to half-time 0-0, um, then it's a totally different atmosphere in the place. And I thought it was a, a huge error. I, I couldn't believe that VR was in action and it was allowed to stand. I also thought that the big centre-half to Lucas almost stopped as if, OK, that, this will not count anyway, it's that blatant a push. He actually lets, he almost says, right, big man, there's there's a corner for you if you can find it. And in hindsight, I mean, David Martindale can't control VAR or referees, but he'll be reminding his players, don't stop, mm -hmm. shut off that that side of the goal and make sure there's no nothing to for the ref to make a decision on. When you look at it at 4-0, you think, well, Rangers were going to win anyway, or were they? Well, that's the thing. It's a crucial point. It's the opening goal in the game. Um, when David Martindale sets his side up against either side of the old firm, you know, the old cliche is to, to stay in the game as long as you possibly can. Look to try and create, catch them cold in certain moments, whether it's off a set piece, a counter-attack, um, a lapse in concentration or a mistake. So uh, for, for Livingston to concede at the point they did, regardless how well Rangers started the game and how they finished the game, because it, it took to the second half before they grabbed the other three goals, um, it kills your momentum and it kills your belief as a Livingston side because the reality is they might score one against Rangers really difficult probably at Ibrox to go and score two or three so at that point you're, you're already thinking you know we've failed in our objective to stay in the game as long as we possibly can and the reality is you know Dave Black's got a point because not every one of these ties has VAR either in the League Cup so they have invested in it they have agreed to use it they're depending on it to get the decisions right and I would need to say in the last week, and I hate criticising the referees, and I need to echo that because I would rather be speaking about the football and the quality and the finish from SEMA um, as opposed to a referee and a VAR team looking at it. And you've got Willie Collum on the pitch last night and you had Nick Walsh in the VAR room and they are deemed two of Scotland's best officials and neither of them thought that that <laughs> wasn't a foul, yeah. which is scary. It, it, it comes under criticism and is that meant there's, there's some incidents especially when slowed down are very subjective and people see them different that, that's just such an easy one just an easy one no, there wouldn't have been a complaint in the stadium if, if that had been overturned there was one at the weekend Mandron I think it was Frankie Kent uh -huh. um, St Mirren Hearts for me there was no foul um, barely any contact from Mandron on Kent um, St Mirren go through and they score and it went to VAR and the goal was chopped off and that, for me, was despicable as well because to look at it once, I, I get that you could have looked at it and went, that might be a foul, but to look at it in VAR, look at the replay and see that there was clearly no foul and that Frankie Kent had lost his footing and had went to ground. But I think the referees have now got time to look at that between Saturday and Wednesday and get these decisions right. In another instance, it's happened where the majority don't think they arrived at the correct decision and that's scary for clubs because as you mentioned it's a lot of money to have VAR exactly. and we're still not yeah. getting it right no, there's one from that game the one that annoyed me more than that in, in that game was the offside goal when it shows you the lines but actually it's not Sorry. even clear yeah. you're looking at anything I still can't tell if yeah. I'm glad offside. you said it because I listened yeah. I saw the highlights yeah. and they said oh you can see it. I couldn't see I couldn't yeah. and, and also Same. late in that game 
a chance Lon Shanklin should probably score a man has mm. yeah. talent if they don't give that goal in Simon he lose that two points it could be such a significant um, yeah. financial in terms of like missing out in Europe and Absolutely. stuff like when they're paying for yeah. VAR and it's not clear and obvious not least your old team second top of the table but back at Rangers um, you can never tell what the team's going to be can you and that's one of the issues with the fans um, last night there was no Barisic at the start it was uh, Ridvan Yilmazer was playing and what a goal he scored yeah delighted for him because he's had a, a rough first year and a bit to his Rangers career because he showed moments and flashes of, of why the club invested in him and why he was such a, a, a big talent in Turkey in the national team so young but obviously injuries have, have held him back and so hopefully that's the start of him um, showing what he can do more regularly. So the draw for Rangers came out, Hearts came out first against Rangers? Yeah, it's a team I've probably watched the most this season because of Alex. I was at their game last week and unfortunately he didn't get on against St Mirren, which was a good game. I think all both tyres uh, look very, very good for the neutral, good for the competition. It's quite a long way off with the amount of games we got. And uh, listen, it will be a, a really good day out for everybody. And, and when we get there, there's no point going to a semi-final without wanting to go back for the big day out in, in December. So that'll be our focus right now. When you recover and play against Aberdeen in, what, two days' time? Come on, look, that was a sucker punch, wasn't it, Leanne? Just at the end with uh, Hearts going through. They took it really, really well. And Alex Lowry just on the pitch. Yeah, well, that's when you, you talk about an impact yeah. substitution. That's best case uh, scenario. Um, and he was probably brought on with a view to, you know, extra time or, or whatever it would have looked like. So um, for him, it's a big goal. Just a shame that he gets that goal and with regards to the cup competition, won't play against his parent club, which is always really unfortunate. Uh, but the reality for him is that he'll hope that his Hearts teammates can go and get them to a final and he will then be available for that. Um, but no real fine margins in the game. And it'll be interesting to see where Hearts arrive. You know, Michael Beale's alluding to the fact there's a lot of games, a lot of football to be played in between now and then. You know, will Stephen Naismith still be the Hearts manager and, and will things still look the same at Hearts because there's been so much speculation about the circumstances surrounding that club this season as well. I, I saw the banners beforehand, you know, run by clowns. Uh, they're not happy. Stephen, what's your thoughts the other night? Your old teammates came so close. I heard Derek McKenna saying afterwards were maybe a bit naive that they were sort of chasing a goal when they were in the ascendancy. You're into injury time. Get ready for extra time at home. Yeah, well, I thought they were poor on the first half. I thought um, Hearts were in a deserved lead at half time. But I felt, uh, I've played in some of the games under the lights, Derek McInnes, and the way he goes about the games, big games, yeah, I think he's a... I, I, knew they would, I knew they would come again. And when they got the goal back, I thought, there's only one winner here. I genuinely thought, come on, let me go on to win. And, and that's maybe what the players felt and where the naivety comes in but bear in mind within the goal they lose there's real moments of quality from Hearts' best players um, Lon Shanklin Liam Boyce um, they, they just managed to, to find a bit of space in the box then uh, feed Alex Lowry who, who does well it's my biggest bugbear about domestic loans that, that you can't play against your parent team I don't think it's right I think if you're going to send a player out and loan to the same uh, in the same division they should be allowed to play against everyone yeah. Do you agree, Leanne? I would agree. So, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. We had a young player on loan uh, last season and, and missed out on an opportunity to play in a you know a cup game at Hamden, which you, you don't know how often in your career yeah. you you get to play in these types of moments. So to miss out, it's, it, it's it, criminal because you want to develop them. You imagine what that boy's feeling. I mean, his yeah. career's finally kind of got going. He scored the winner in the quarter final. He's going to Hamden in the semi final, and he's watching the draw, thinking anyone but Rangers, anyone. Um, <laughs> 
he's a derby, a game against Aberdeen, Rangers yeah. comes out and all of a sudden, will he get to play at Hamden for a couple of years? Do you mean when's the next time he's at Hamden playing? So a real blow for him. Just on, yeah. I was just going to say, just on Kilmarnock, yeah. losing the late um, goal at the weekend as well against Dundee. Oh, uh, it was like a loss, wasn't yeah, it? I know it was a you know, draw. It feels like a defeat yeah. and then a, an absolute hammer blow uh, last the game, night as well. the 98th minute to, to Motherwell as well, yeah. at Motherwell. Mm. So it's, yeah. it's been a bit of a theme for them. Sure has been. We're just knocking about at the moment, looking at the other night. We'll look at the games coming up this weekend in a moment or two. Um, Brendan Rogers, though, speaking to the media today, it's obviously been quiet for Celtic for a week. So it's quite interesting, some of the stuff he was chatting about. He gave an injury update. We heard him about uh, Duncan Ferguson. Uh, and he's been speaking about the players. I think it, it obviously helps the player from a financial perspective and, and hopefully stabilises them. But listen, you, you know as well as I do in, in terms of the modern game, it, uh, it can all change very quickly. But I think that if a player signs it, then obviously you're hoping and feeling he has that happiness uh, to be here. He sees his future here. He sees his development here. And uh, I mean, you sign on here for, for the club the size of Celtic, then it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for you. you know? so, so I think it, it, um, it benefits both. And um, yeah, that, that's the, the idea of, of them signing the... The longer contracts. That's the extensions that have been in the recent weeks with Callum McGregor, Anthony Ralston yesterday. You'll help me out with the other ones as well. There have been a few since the start of the season. Yeah, well, so, we know signed that four-year contract yeah. that Stephen was right at the beginning. On. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moment, what's the latest on Hatati and extending his contract? I haven't uh, I haven't been made aware of that. Uh, I'll, I'll speak to to Michael later. But, uh, but I know that, in, in fairness to the club, the club have been reaching out to the, the, the agent in that for, for quite some time. So, uh, But where it's at, uh, I'll, uh, I don't know at this point. So you'll hear from the club uh, shortly on that. That would be big news for Celtic. I mean, the window's closed. He's here anyway till at least the summer. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. with Hattati because he, he certainly looked like a player that perhaps in the summer was not hedging his bets, but I think he would have been open to offers and, and a potential to move on. But if he's another one that commits long term, you can understand he's enjoying his football. He's found his way back into Brendan Rodgers' side because there was a couple of comments, if you remember, at the beginning of the season, Brendan Rodgers says he almost needs to prove himself yeah. again, which I found interesting because he's a player with so much quality. But it would be a brilliant piece of business if Celtic could tie him down long term as well as others that you mentioned. And of course, Dyson Maida as well, just the other week. And his work rate is phenomenal. We can't talk about his energy levels because everyone's talking about what he's worth two players, is what some of the managers were saying. Oh, yes, of course he is. And that's what Stephen and I were, were mentioning. The yeah. fact that against Livingston last week, I don't think you could really tell that Celtic were down to 10 players. And that's because the, the work rate of Maeda and Kyogo match the work rate of, of other players. So, um, brilliant additions have been so refreshing for the Scottish game. Really enjoy watching them, um, different style, really honest and humble, and just give everything that they've got when they take to the pitch. What about sending players out on loan? There's been speculation that big Duncan Ferguson has turned to Brendan Rodgers for some loan deals. Uh, he's speaking about loans in general. Yeah, listen, but we'll always look at any options for players. First and foremost, it's the player. We have to feel that, that the loan away from here is going to be beneficial for them because for some it's better to to stay here and be close to the first team and, and work. Um but yeah, it's all on its own individual merit. You can't sort of throw the blanket over every player and say, yeah, it was good for me going loan. Um, but it's then the case then of what the style of football that he goes to, because that's very important. You know, we get some young guys that go to Queen's Park. Why? 
because they'll they'll get a great development in football on a brilliant surface, you know, and they'll get educated how uh, how we would like them to. So it's all about education for young players. It's not just about sending them out on loan. There has to be a strategy behind it, and uh, whether it's Duncan or which, whichever manager or whichever club, it has to be right for um, for the player and for Celtic. Stephen, what's your take on that? There's so many things, so many players for the likes of Celtic who don't get much game time. Yeah, well, they've already got a young player up at Inverness, Adam Brooks, mm-hmm. a young striker and um, a club that's been in the Scottish Cup final, probably played too long into the season, playing catch-up, really not got going and he drops out the team because... Like any manager, Billy Dodds, was, Billy Dodds was fighting for his job. You're trying to go for tried and tested. Boys that have been there can handle it. So he's fell out the, the, the team. There's nothing worse, as a, uh, I can imagine, as a big club, you send out a player and he doesn't get the game time when you're thinking, Ma, your sides or B teams are suffering because we've sent one of our best players out on loan and he's not playing. So first and foremost, if you're sending a player out on loan, you want him to play. And if a club can guarantee that he'll play and, and progress him, then... then all the better. So, and if Queens Park can make that that promise that they'll play them and make them better, then yeah, it sounds like the best place for them. Leanne, loans. Yeah, yeah no, I think there's there's definitely a place for them because a lot of the bigger clubs as well have got um, you know historically hold on to players that they, they don't use them, they don't develop them enough, they don't get an opportunity. Really hard to break into that first team environment. Um, so no, it's good. That, but as Brendan Rodgers says that the the move has to be right. It has to be right for the, the player first and foremost and there has to be a, a view to develop the player and, and what that long-term and short-term strategy looks like. Quick question before we go to the break, Stephen. I just see your brother John there. Is it to do with the jerseys? I see the, the tops this season they're saying it's different. Have you seen this, Leanne, no, about no. Aston Villa and it affects the women's game as well? Yeah, well, uh, I've noticed it in the summer. Uh, some of these American games and they were on tour and it, it was like... How hot must it be? Yeah. I mean, these straps are the like sticking. Yes, yeah. they they are like really I sticking stuck to them. To them yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was it looked as if they were they were just retaining water. Mm. And I'm thinking that must be. And you're thinking pre-season is yeah. so hot. Mm. It's actually continued into the season. And you're watching yeah. some of these games and night games, and you're thinking can't be right. I mean, the straps you you can only imagine. Picture yourself you you've stood in the rain for an hour. And you can't wait to get this heavy soaking top off. And you're watching some of these guys playing at elite level, top level in England. Um, and and thinking that can't be right. It's the same for the men's strip and the women's strip. So, you know, there's question marks about it. They're not happy about yeah. it, and I think that's what they're discussing at the moment. I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's certainly uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> probably the luxury is, not I don't know if it would be the same at a lot of the women's teams, but I'm sure the guys can go in at half time and, and change and can have as many strips as they want. I'm not sure the budget in the women's teams oh. allow them to have a full kit change at half time if they're not comfortable. So no, it's interesting and like the kit manufacturers it, there's so much money now, it's a big business course, and who sure. gets these gigs and who sponsors these clubs. But again it's got to be right for the players and you just wonder why that's happening. What is the what is the change in the, the kit or the material? You would have a kit change, would you? With you normally? No, 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 one kit, yeah, no, for the for every game. So no, like that. If you play in the rain, you know you're you're not getting a change wow. at, at half time, and it's not comfortable. You get at half time, you cool down, or, or you heat back up again, and then you're back out into the cold. Well, an insight into what really happens there at the top level in the men's and the women's game. Quick break, and then we're back, and we're going to get your predictions for the weekend. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. 10% off your solar install in September. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go! 
want to say a big hello. He's in his taxi. It's John Maguire. It's his birthday today. So related to some of the team in here and not Joe. I didn't realise there was someone else here. So... Big John out in the taxi at the moment. Leanne wants to wish you a very happy birthday. Yep, yep. huge happy birthday. Hope you have a good day. I hope he's actually not in the taxi and he's actually managed to get the day off and his birthday's a... I don't know. I think he's working at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, John. And uh, he's a lift into town after this, will you? Good man, yeah. <laughs> and John, that's a good name as well for you. <laughs> we're uh, canvassing that's names it. for... Right, we're into only the last 10 minutes or so of the show. It's flown in tonight. Tomorrow night, at this time, it'll be Barry Ferguson... And Mark Guidi, who'll be with us, is taking us into the weekend. Right, so the weekend, we've spoken about Celtic, we'll come back to it. What about Hibs against Dundee? Stephen, I'm looking at you first, your old club Hibs. Up against Dundee, I don't know, I've got a soft spot for them at the moment. Um, I think underdogs in the division. I wonder how they're going to do at Easter Road. Yeah, well, I felt it was a, a good job for Nick Montgomery to come into and I thought the fixtures were, were kind to him. Obviously, they're a real tough opener away to Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. but having a three home game one in the quarterfinal and two in the league uh, I, I think they'll win 2-0 I think they'll keep the, the momentum going I just I, I think they've got so many we spoke about it earlier so many goals in the team you, you think of guys like Christian Doidge as well Adam LaFondra has been a bit of a super sub yeah. at times so I think it'll be a pretty comfortable 2-0 win What do you feel Leanne? Any chance for Tony Doherty's team? There'll be a chance depending on how they they go about the game Uh, and they've shown some good quality even at the the weekend getting down to 10 players Dundee um, good strong performance and managed to get out of the game what I felt they deserved but going to Easter Road a bit you know a different game and I I feel Hibs have turned a bit of a corner they'll have taken a lot of confidence from last night's performance I certainly think goals across the team help you in front of that home crowd who are enthused by the, the change in yeah. management you know I know many of the hip supporters have been enjoying the football under Lee Johnson they've got some players there that, that are getting back to their best uh, as we spoke about earlier on so no, for me it'll be a Hibs win I don't see there being too much in it as Stephen said I think there'll be a, a couple of goals maybe either way A number of weeks ago I think we were all saying third in the league would probably be Aberdeen I'm not sure if you said that Leanne right at the start of the season yep. them or Hearts yeah, probably no, him. Yep. what about Hibs? Well it'll be interesting now you see as I said earlier on in the show I think third spot is there for yeah. you know a number of teams to go and, and get and it's probably the most open it's been at this stage of the season that you're, you're not you know I tipped Aberdeen early on Hearts I felt with a really strong squad as well St Mirren had a brilliant season last season could they go and replicate that I tipped Motherwell to be the kind of um, the surprise package if you like mm-hmm. and they're kind of looking like that now but it takes just you know teams to go and put a decent run together you know a consistency maybe even five mm-hmm. or six games and it allows you to go and just bridge that little bit of a gap um, but no I think Hibs under Nick Montgomery will be a better team than what we've seen um, certainly in the past season So you'll be watching the games on Saturday what you're going to see at Rugby Park do you reckon Kilmarnock will be you know desperate to get at least a point maybe a win up against St Mirren who also they're loving being second top no they are it's going to be a tough game for Kilmarnock we spoke, I think confidence wise they'll have taken a hit mm. you know we mentioned those couple of results last night in the cup the league match at the weekend um, losing what, the two points which would have felt like a defeat for them only getting the draw but we know their home form in Kilmarnock and it's a change in the game we spoke about the surfaces being at Rugby Park for, for the home team in Kilmarnock is an advantage but St Mirren have got for me they're so adaptable they're so agile they've got a few strings to their bow now that they can change what that performance looks like so again I, I think it'll be a close game 
I do I fancy St Mirren to go there and get a result. I just think that Kilmarnock are probably in the receiving end and a a tough run um, and a few sucker punches. I don't see St Mirren's form really faulting. It's a hard one for Stephen to <laughs> is. predict, isn't it? Yeah. Let's watch and Stephen see what Stephen McGinn, Stephen over to you. <laughs> uh, it's hard to think, it's hard to, I mean, how long ago does it feel that Kilmarnock beat Celtic? Yeah. That was a last victory, so it, it's been a challenging um, couple of weeks and months for, for Derek McInnes. I, I think the extra day recovery after the League Cup might help. Um, obviously, St Man a real tough second half um, on Wednesday against Hibs. Kilmarnock obviously have a sucker punch on the Tuesday, but I think they're going to have a reaction. But I just think the St Man teams get a lot about them at I think he'll be a score draw I've gone for 1-1 one, one. going for the draw and you're not just playing safety no I genuinely no. I, I mean it's hard to I could see either side winning you could make a case for either side winning but I think in the balance of the week I think both sides will be make sure they don't lose I wasn't sure if yeah. that was a seat or a fence uh, yeah. <laughs> sitting on over there can you see over the exactly. desk no I can't off. came off it for the next one <laughs> right, okay. yeah. what was your scoreline Leanne the actual score what do you think uh, it's going to be 2-1 St Mirren 2-1 St Mirren what about Ross County against Hearts Stephen we'll start with you up there at Dingwall so it's been a bad week for Malky Mackay huge win as Leanne said earlier for Stephen Naismith's been under pressure yeah, huge. I mean, you speak about results that galvanise teams. You think of Celtic, it's at Ibrox. I think it's got to got to boost hearts, you know. The disappointment of um, European stuff and the, the start of the league, it's a game they have to win. I think they've got the goals in Shankland and Boyce, so I've gone for 2-1. Gone for 2-1, so hearts back on it. What do you feel, Leanne? I think it'll be a draw. I th- right. fancy yeah. 2-2. I think there'll be goals because Ross County have, have got goals in their team as well. Um, hearts... Stephen spoke about it earlier, key players, Lauren Shanklin, Liam Boyce, Alex Lowry now um, coming in. So I think there'll be goals, but I just don't see a winner there in Ross County earlier on in the season for me looked, you know, really good, but it's been a bit inconsistent for them. But at home, you know, they're a, they're a good team and they're a tough team to um, to face. Jack Baldwin was sent off though, wasn't he? So that's... It was, uh, yeah, big blow. Yeah, big blow for them. St Johnson, Livingston, Leanne, what do you reckon? Um... Don't think there'll be too much in this one again. Um, St Johnston are, are probably everybody's favourite yeah. to, to get relegated this season, which is tough. Um, but I actually think they'll get the result this weekend. Yeah. yeah, no, I fancy right. them at home. 2-1 would be my scoreline. Wow, first win of the season. If they get it, take them on to five points. Uh, where Aberdeen are at the moment it's hard to believe Stephen what do you reckon St Johnson Livingston my most confident prediction uh, will be game 6 in sports scene Saturday night <laughs> <laughs> oh, they changed it up last weekend a little bit they kept you waiting for uh, the big two one of the good ones yeah, yeah one no, the... <laughs> um, no I think it's uh, it's such a huge game for Stephen McLean and St Johnson yeah. um, speak about teams playing midweek and Livingston a challenging game at Ibrooks obviously put a lot into it They've got to use that if you're thinking a game to, to get your season going to kind of um, claw back a potential rival for, for relegation. It is off the back of not having a midweek game and, and the other team plays one of the, the Glasgow teams. Mm-hmm. I've gone for St Johnson to edge at 1-0 just on just how big it is for them and, and being at home. Okay, so you're going for St. So you're both going for St Johnson. Saints. Yeah. Yep. Wow, so the first one because it's been really tough for Stephen McLean. Yeah, there's a, a few yeah. good performances yeah. in there though, yeah, Paul. Much Certainly better, going to Celtic Park back. as yeah, well. In players is a big thing. That's what Stephen McLean has yeah. spoke about in time on the training pitch which Stephen McGinn alludes to that they've had that this week. So, the big two you mentioned them, but can you imagine all the Stephen Resides who will be listening in and saying, you know, all these other teams as well, there are so many fans, but you're right, 
Motherwell are going to be up against Celtic. Come to that in a moment or two. But the other three o'clock on Saturday, it's uh, Rangers against Aberdeen. That's some game. Stephen, can I start with you? What do you think? Let's hear what from the manager, Michael Bill. What's he saying? We heard him earlier. What about injuries? What's the who's who's on the way back? I think by the back end of next week, you, you, there's there's a half chance that we might see Kieran Dow and, and Nico Raskin uh, by the time we we go and play Saint Mirren. Um, but the call will be made on that a little bit later. Um, otherwise, this is the boys that we're working with. So to lose Kamar tonight possibly is is disappointing and it just shows how much strain that the team's under at the moment. So fair play to the players for playing with so much control tonight and, and winning the game. Um, there's a lot of eyes on them at the moment and I thought tonight they, the, uh, they did very, very well. He said it was a groin injury. He could have come off earlier. Stephen, what do you reckon? Rangers-Aberdeen? Um, I think it's the hardest. I, I know Real Betis was the, was the big win. Mm-hmm. Um, a La Liga team, good side, it was a big win, but I don't think there was a pressure on them. It's the pressure going into Saturday, and with the way they're playing, the players they've got missing, I've gone for a draw. I, I, I can't make, really make a case for Rangers mm-hmm. um, blowing Aberdeen away. Score draw, do you think? Yeah, score draw. I've yep. gone for 1 1. I think Aberdeen can score. Um, okay. I think caused them a bit of pro- problems I think they've scored first against Rangers the last three or four games yep. um, so I've gone for 1-1 one, one. Well, they're back on form aren't they but you know, Rangers would say four games four wins Leanne what do you reckon? Yeah, well, there's some real quality in the Aberdeen side mm. no doubt it just depends for Aberdeen what version of Aberdeen mm. turn up because they've, they've not shown it enough this season too many question marks over their performances what that looks like, how they play, what will the game plan look like, will they go after Rangers, will they press from yeah. the front, will they look to sit in and be compact. Uh, at times Barry Robson's looked to, to change that and tweak that. I still fancy Rangers being at Ibrox, um, and I know we spoke at the top of the show about just getting results just now and, and they've managed to do that. I think the legit, whether it's a 1-0 or a 2-1, I think Rangers will get the job done. So keep them at four points unless you think otherwise with Motherwell against Celtic let's hear Brendan Rodgers speaking about the forward planning and contracts with players and talking about Joe Hart I think he was asked no not uh, not only Joe it's it's throughout the squad I think you you always have to plan forward but currently at this moment Joe I thought he was unfortunate in terms of getting sent off last last weekend I think what doesn't get highlighted he made a great save for us at nil nil before that so um but listen, he's you know he's at the age he's at. He, he looks after himself so well, Joe. He's he, he's in a great physical shape, but naturally, in every position, you're always planning and planning forward. So uh, whether it's goalkeeper, centre half, centre forward, you always have to have an eye on the future. What's going to happen, Leanne, on the twelve thirty kickoff? I think Celtic will edge it. Don't think there'll be much in it. Don't think uh, Motherwell will offer up too much of an incentive. I would expect a strong defensive performance from them, really limiting Celtic. But the quality that Celtic have got (laughs) to shut them out for for 90 plus minutes, I think would be a huge ask. And I have gone Celtic 1-0. His brother's playing against them. We're looking at him again, him being Stephen McGinn. What's going to happen? I've gone with uh, Stephen Rosside. I've gone for 2-1 to Celtic. I right. um, think it was a really close game, difficult game for Celtic. I um, think Motherwell will score this week, but I've gone for 2-1. Great. Leanne will come with us tonight and have a soft drink then, <laughs> given the great news um, about the baby on the way. Fantastic news, Leanne. Thank you. No, no really appreciate it. Great? Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Your mum will be chuffed and your grand. Everybody's so excited. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no, everybody's <laughs> really looking forward to it. Nieces and nephews uh, are excited about another addition to the, the clan. Fantastic. So, 
Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, Thanks, Leanne. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. We're back uh, tomorrow night at five. Coming up next after the news is Zoe. Looking to reduce your energy bills? Global Eco Energy install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage and air source heat pumps, we offer bespoke solutions. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk and quote Solar 10 for 10% off your installation. Available until 30th September 2023. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go!